It is, it's so good to be here today with you. And I really have something burning in my heart uh, for you, a word today. Um, this week, I'm, I've been down here in this area. Uh, I come down to West Palm Beach and get away from the cold. I try to as much as I can. And uh, this week, I've just been sitting out by the ocean praying, and the Lord has been speaking to me. And I want to share a word with you today on how to have good success. How to have good success. And uh, let me say, isn't all success good? No, it's not all good. And I'll explain that a little bit more later on in the message. But I want to uh, key in today. I want to read verse 7 and 8 of Joshua chapter 1. And I'm going to be reading out of the, the ESV, the English Standard Version. Uh, I, I want y'all to know that I'm going to be extra anointed today because I just got a new Bible. And uh, so, in fact, today is a special day because this is the first time I am preaching out of this Bible. And so y'all are going to get the uh, the first fruits of this new sword that I'm brandishing today. And uh, I, I just... I just got this Bible. It is the nicest Bible I have ever owned. It is made from Highland goatskin leather. Doesn't that sound impressive? And and if you see, it's got blue gold leaf on it. So the Bible's blue and it's got blue gold leaf. I'm telling you, I am feeling like a blessed man. So... I'm like all into the color blue right now. I'm wearing blue. I've got blue on my phone and my phone is blue. So I, I, I've got everything blue and then I've got a little bit of a brown accent on my, my pad folio. But um, that was before I got into the color blue. But hallelujah. So everything I've got up here is blue today, except we're not going to be blue. We're going to be joyful. Isn't that right? Because we're in the house of God. So... Joshua 1, 7, and 8, I'm going to read. And today, I'm just going to focus in on verse 8 for our time in the Word. But uh, let, let's, look, let's look at this. Let's get a run and start from verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. This is God speaking. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have, here's our phrase, good success wherever you go. So if there's a good success, then there's a bad success. Isn't that right? If all success was good, there was no be no reason to call it good success. You just say success. But because it says good success, we know there has to be at least one other kind of success, which would be bad success. Now, verse 8, how do we have this good success? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. How many of you would like to have good success? Now, if you don't raise your hand for that, I don't know what's wrong with you because everybody wants to have good success. And, you know, everybody, whether they're in the world or in the church, everybody wants to have success. I've never met somebody who said, you know what? My life's ambition is to be a failure. If I could just be a failure, my life would be complete. No, no, that that is no nobody's ambition is to be a failure. Or what about a loser? You, you know, we've got the Super Bowl coming up next Sunday and there there's 30 teams that are not in the Super Bowl. And the Dolphins happen to be one of them, unfortunately. <laughs> Again. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. The Saints. The Sa last week, I was so sure the Saints were going to beat the Rams, but I was wrong. Uh, and, and even next week, one of the two teams is going to be a loser. Only one team is going to be standing at the end of the year. And I will admit that I have liked the Patriots over the years, and I know that that's like that's like sacrilegious here in uh, AFC East territory. But I I personally am tired of them being in the Super Bowl. I'm just like, can we get somebody different in the Super Bowl? 
I would actually be happy if the Dolphins were in the Super Bowl because then it would mean that the Patriots were not in the Super Bowl. And, you know, it's like, how many years? Like, Tom Brady, when are you going to get old and retire and build somebody? We need something different. But, but nobody's ambition at the beginning of this season was to be watching the Super Bowl from their home. No, they wanted to be there. Every team, every team wants to succeed. And, and that means different things. For the Browns, they hadn't won a game in two years. So when they won a single game, that was a success. In fact, their first game of the year, I think it was a tie. That was a success. Because anything's better than a loss. But there's good success. How to have good success. Now, I want to re- reread verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this time together. We dedicate it to you afresh. Thank you for 3W Church. I thank you for Pastor David and Patty Perez. I thank you for every person that serves and volunteers and even attends here, Lord. I thank you that today you are teaching us how to have good success from your word. And Lord, we just know that you, everything that is good, that is pure, that is lovely, every good gift comes from heaven above. And today we want to receive the good things you have for us. And Lord, so that we can be a witness and an influence on all of those who are around us. We thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Now, I want you to say this after me. Say, I will have good success. I am a good success. I have good success. Well, you guys are sounding good today. Good success. How do we do it? Let's look at right here in verse 8. First thing, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. This book of the law. So where does success begin? Good success begins with your mouth. Now, I know a lot of times, this is what the Lord, one of the things he, I, I don't like to teach messages about things that haven't either impacted me aren't currently impacting me. And if I had to choose, I would rather it be currently impacting me. And one of the things the Lord has been dealing with my heart about is that I love to meditate on the word of God, but I'm not that good about confessing and speaking the word of God. Now you say, well, you're a preacher. You preach the word of God all the time. Yeah, there's a difference between doing this on Sunday and what's coming out of my mouth all week long. Now, I do a pretty good job of watching my words when it comes to saying things that are uh, rude or ugly or perverse, or I try to watch all of that. But we're not just talking about not saying bad words. We're talking about speaking what the Word of God says over your life and your situation. And whatever area that's in, if it's your finances that you struggle in and you feel like you're not succeeding in and you're not having good success, well, if you're always talking about how you're broke, you're never going to break that cycle. If In my case, many of you who know my story, I've battled in my physical body. If I'm always talking about how bad I feel, well, I'm never speaking life over my body and lining up with the word of God's with my mouth. And I'm not going to see good success. Any area where you're not seeing good success, it's probably if you back up because you're not speaking the right words over your situation. So it starts right off the bat here. He said, this book of the law. What's the book of the law? That's your Bible now. It's not a scroll. It's not any of that anymore. It's your Bible. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Now, let, let's let's break that down a little bit more. If you don't read this book, then you can't know this book. And if you don't know this book, you sure can't speak this book. 
So when we start with the mouth, that assumes that you read it and you know some of it. That's why, to me, I, I've, I've, I've said this, and I'm a, I'm a huge Bible reading fanatic. I've written a book, The Power of Daily Bible Reading. I love reading the Bible every day. But, but here's the thing. Reading the Bible every day is the most important thing you could do in your life. Let me, let me go to the extreme here for a second. It's more important than you eating food. In fact, I like to tell people, if you want to get good at reading your Bible every day, make a decision you're going to read and feed your spirit before you feed your body. Oh, you'll figure out time to read your Bible. <laughs> Harness your natural energy to accelerate your spiritual hunger. So, you know, I never forget to eat. Because even if I forget to eat breakfast, then I'm really going to remember to eat lunch. If, if, if I, if I'm too busy or I miss a meal or whatever, my body reminds me that I need to eat. God built this thing into us called hunger. And hunger is the thing that says, uh, excuse me, I know you got a lot going on, but you need to eat. And you know what? It doesn't just go off like an alarm one time and you can just turn it off. No, it, it, it's on a perpetual snooze until you feed it. It comes back even stronger and, and says, hey, and in fact, if you've ever gone without food long enough, you know that your body will resort to even more extreme tactics in getting your attention that you need to eat. Like, like for instance, hunger pains. If the thought I'm hungry doesn't do it, then you'll start feeling some things. And your body has all kinds of ways of getting your attention. So one thing you can do is just say, you know what? I'm going to use my natural hunger as an alarm clock that I need to read the Word of God. Because I need to get this book inside. I need to get it in me so that I can say it. The, the point is not just to read it so you can check it off and say you read it. That's all well and good. But the point is so you can know it and use it to fight against the devil. Because the only, in, in the, in the, uh, the armor of God, the full armor of God that we're given, Paul gives us in Ephesians chapter six, there's only one offensive weapon. What is it? It's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You know what? If I was going into battle and my life depended on it, I think I'd want to be at least proficient at the one weapon that I had. You know, if I'm going into battle and all I've got is a sword, I better know how to use that sword or I'm going to die pretty quickly. Isn't that right? If I'm going into battle and all I've got is a bow and arrow, I better know how to shoot that thing or I'm going to get killed pretty quick. If I'm going into battle and, and, and all I've got is a pistol, well, I better know how to shoot that pistol. I better know how to reload it because that's all I've got. If I can't shoot that gun or I'm not proficient at it, I'm going to get killed. Maybe it's a rifle. You know what? We've only got one weapon, offensive weapon that God has given us. It's this right here. And sometimes we're getting killed in the battle with the devil because we don't know how to use the one weapon that God's given us. Now, let me tell you why I got a new Bible. I've had Bibles and, you know, I got Bibles where in America, we're so blessed. And as a preacher, of course, I've got different Bibles, different things, but, but I got to the place where I was using my phone or my iPad solely. That's it. And, you know, I thought, you know, that's good, but I need something that I can hold on to. I need to get a, I need to get a weapon. And thank God for our phones and having access to the Word of God. But there's something about holding on to something and realizing this is my weapon right here. I got something about this doesn't feel like a weapon. It, it, it can feel like a burden sometimes too. You know, you, you always people calling and texting and, and all kind of thing. You're watching videos on YouTube and all and then, it's the Bible too. It's kind of confusing. But this 
thankfully, doesn't get any emails. I don't want it to get any emails. It doesn't receive text messages. It doesn't have the weather app on it. It doesn't tell me what the score is in the, in the game that's going on. I, I can't tell what LeBron James has been up to in his latest injury looking in here. In fact, he's not in here anywhere except there's a book of James, but that's as close as it gets. Something about, something physical to me says, you know what? This is about business. In Pastor David's office, he's got a sword in there. And I was looking at that sword earlier. And I thought, you know what? That sword is not good for anything but killing somebody. Now, that's not his purpose for having it. It's a symbol. But the function of a sword, we hope. Come in here into my office. <laughs> the function of a sword is for war. You don't eat with a sword. You don't give it to a kid to play with. You can't drive a sword. It has no function but to kill. And you know what? When you get a hold of this, the function of this is to destroy the works of the enemy. It's to succeed and overcome. And so where does it all begin in how to have success? Reading, knowing, and speaking the word of God. When the devil came to Jesus and tried to tempt him in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus didn't do anything but say, it is written. Now, he couldn't say it is written if he didn't know what was written. That's deep, isn't it? And you cannot fight the devil if you don't know the word of God. You can't, you can't do it. You've got to know the word of God. Okay, so that's where it starts. It starts with your words. Then it says, and this goes right into it. This book of this law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Meditate on it day and night. So, so the first thing you got to do is you got to, what I say, talk it out. You got to talk it out. Then you got to think it out. That's meditate. You got to meditate on the word of God. You got to think about the word of God. You, you got to bring it to the forefront of your thought. You know, we live in a day where everything is trying to get your attention. But you know what better have your attention more than anything else? This right here meditate on the word of God. This year, I felt led to do something I've never done before. I've been reading through the Bible every year since I was about 20 years old, and I've been doing it for 20 years now. But this year, I decided to do something different. I said, I'm going to focus more on meditation. I call it saturate, saturation. And the word saturation is a good word because, you know, when it rains, in the afternoon, if it's dry, if it hadn't rained in a couple of weeks, it'll rain for an hour. And then two hours later, you can't even tell that it rained. And it just came and it kind of went. But but the kind of rain like we've been getting the last 24 hours, it just gets sopped in. Where if you step on the ground, it's squishy. That's saturated. And we don't want to just have a drive-by in the Word where an hour later, we can't even remember what we read. We want the word to saturate us. We want the word to get in us where when somebody presses on you, the word comes out. And so this year, I, I've been saying, you know, I want to do more meditation. And, and I've been doing different things. One of the things I like to do is take one chapter and listen to it four or five times. Sometimes in different speeds on the version app, they've got a great audio function there where you can listen. And, and I'll listen to one chapter over and over again until it just gets inside of me. And, and then I, I've been doing something else lately, too. I, I always read my Bible in the morning. I like to put the word of God first, first thing in the morning, the word of God, boom, get it in me, make it a priority. But I like to come back at lunchtime. And read that chapter again. 
a refresher. You'll say, well, you just read it. You just heard it five times. Yeah, it's amazing how it can just evaporate. And life's going on and things are happening. You get distracted and, and, and stuff's going on or you get flustered and upset or discouraged and come back and say, okay, what? Okay, let's read it again. And, and then that night when I lay down, I like to pick it up again and read it again. What am I doing? I am saying the word of God is the highest priority in my life. I'm going to meditate on the word of God. I'm going to think about it. And sometimes during the day, I may think about it. Sometimes I don't say, you know what? I'm going to force myself to think about it. I'm going to determine instead of, instead of making a choice to dwell on the latest episode on Netflix or TV show or God forbid some god awful soap opera. I don't want to meditate on that. I don't, that's, that's not what I want to meditate on because I want to have good success. And, and you know what? Guiding light will never guide you to good success. I don't know if you know that. General hospital will keep you sick all the days of your life. <laughs> and if you want to have a life that's full of bad drama, watch a bunch of bad drama. If you want to have good success, you better get in the success manual. You better turn that junk off and you better turn this on and begin to get it in. Well, what are we talking about today? How to have good success. You know what? You're never going to float your way into good success. Not going to happen. You're never going to do what everybody around you is doing and have good success. You're never going to do whatever feels good in the moment and have good success. You're going to have to be intentional. You're going to have to be proactive. You're going to have to make some decisions. And that brings us to the next thing. You should meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Okay. Now, a lot of people, when they think about becoming a Christian... They think about the things you have to do. And they jump right to, well, you need to go to church. Well, you need to get a Bible. Well, you need to do this. Now you need to do that. You need to give money to the church. You need to do this. You need to tell somebody about Jesus. You know, and, and we jump. Being a Christian has become all about what we do. But, but we've missed some important steps. We need to start with the word. I need to be speaking the word over my life. I need to be speaking the identity of Christ over my life. I need to be speaking who I am in Christ over my life. I need to be a witness. You know, everything about being a Christian from start to finish has to do with confession. Until you confess Jesus is Lord, you're not even saved. You can go to church and not be saved. But when you confess Jesus is my Lord, you're saved. So you, that's where it all begins. And then you begin to meditate on the word. You begin to get it in you where it becomes you. Now you're ready to start doing the things that Christians do. And you can't do the right things unless you make the right decisions. He's saying here, be careful to do according to all that is written in. That means... I like that word, and we don't have time today to break. We we could just we could just go into this. We could do a whole series on this one verse. There's so much in it. Be careful to do. Why do you need to be careful? What what requires carefulness? That means it's not going to come naturally. The things you need to do to have good success. You know, sometimes we, we bought in inside that just some people are just successful and other people's aren't, and other people aren't. Maybe you just thought, you know what? I'm just one of those unlucky people. I'm just not successful. I just, I don't have what it takes. Anybody in here ever thought that? I know I've thought that. I thought, hey, you know what? That's, there's always somebody out there that's more successful than you. And, and our natural tendency is just to go, well, you know what? They, they're smarter. They went to better schools. They're better looking. They knew better people. Blah, 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 blah. They lived in a better place. And we think all those things. And that excuses us from having anything to do with it. 
And if that was the case, there would be nothing to be careful about. It would just, hey, you just, how many of you have heard this phrase? It got real popular a couple years ago, and now you don't hear it that much anymore, thankfully. And that is, you just do you. Just do you. Well, I got some bad news for you. Doing you is probably not going to land you where you want to be. You know, we got all kind of people just doing you, and then it ended up really, really bad. You know, and, and even if they made a lot of money, their marriage was a disaster. And, and, and even if they had prominence or celebrity, their kids were all strung out on drugs and, and all these different things that, that were not good success according to the word of God. And it's because they're not being careful. They're just go, they're just doing whatever feels right. The Bible says there's a way that seems right in the eyes of a man that ends in death. I was saying, be careful, be intentional, don't just do whatever feels good, don't just go wherever you feel like the world's leading and, well, I see this group of people's heading this way and I kind of like them, I think I'll head that way too. Be careful. You know, there are all kinds of cultural trends right now that lead to death. There are all kind of people that the world has made role models for us that are not my role models. Jesus is my role model. I don't need some celebrity with 50 million followers on Instagram to be my role model. I've got role models right here in the Word of God. There are men and women of God that I admire and respect, that I see their life is like Jesus, and because of that, I have decided they will be my role model, not the world. I don't care who they are. I don't need a Hollywood actor. I don't need a politician. I, I don't, I don't need anybody who's not actively pursuing Jesus and looks like Jesus to be a role model in my life. So let me warn you today. Be careful. You know, there's, there's a, there's a funny attribute that we have as humans. We go wherever we look. Do you know that? They'll always tell you, I've got my motorcycles license and anybody, anybody in here ride motorcycles? So, you know, when, when you're riding a motorcycle, you have to be very careful because this effect happens in cars, but it's even more pronounced in motorcycle. Wherever you look, that's the way you're going to go. You can't look one way and go another way. You will go the way you look. So you have to be very careful where you look. And, and life is that same way. That, that's a good picture of life. Wherever you look is where you're going to go. You can't look at the world all week long and think you're going to head towards Jesus in heaven. You, you, you can't follow these celebrities and these all these people out there who are just saying all kind of stuff and doing all kind of stuff and got all kind of opinions that are directly contradictory to the word of God and then think you're going to follow after Jesus and be like, Gee, does it doesn't work that way. So I, I'd like to ask, who, who are you, who are you looking at on Facebook or Instagram or on television? Who, who are you spending your time looking at? Cause that's who you're really beginning to move in their direction. And eventually you'll look up and you'll be like them. So you got to be very careful. I'm very careful. What's, what's the word that's used here? Be careful. I wouldn't even plan on talking about this, but I feel like the Lord is saying something to many of you today. Be careful who you're watching, who you're listening to. Don't listen to people who are angry. I don't care if there's a, their opinion is right. If they're angry all the time, guess what you're going to be? Angry. Is that an attribute of Christ? No. And you know, we've got all these people out there now on both sides of the aisle and they're very passionate and they're just going at it and they're saying what they're going to say. And some of them, I, I don't dis, uh, some of them I totally disagree with and some of them I totally agree with and some of them somewhere in between. But it's not just what they're saying. Be careful the spirit that's behind it. There are people 
who stand for things that I would consider to be in alignment with the Bible, biblical values, who I don't want them speaking into me because I don't like their spirit. And I'm not following them. And I can say, well, I just like to listen to them, but I don't want to follow. No, no. If you're listening, that means you got your eyes on them. And guess what? You're going to start drifting towards their direction. It is impossible to look and listen and not begin to follow. Let me say that again. It is impossible for you to look and listen and not begin to follow. And you could say, well, it doesn't really affect me. I just like it for this or that. I, I, I remember, I remember when, when I was growing up in the church as a teenager and, and rap music was getting really big. I know I'm dating myself now. Now some of you younger people are like rap music. I thought we've always had that. Like it was Beethoven and then rap. <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not, but rap is kind of a new thing. And, and, and I remember rap was getting really big back in the 90s. And, and I'm not even going to name some of the people who were rapping because then I'll sound really old in here. But, but, but I remember, you know, they, they were using all this profanity and, and all this vulgarity and, and all this stuff. And, and I remember one of the big excuses that was running around the church so that we could listen to rap music is, I don't really care about the words. I just like the beat. And have y'all ever heard that one? It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, I, I, the word, the words don't, I don't even care about the words. I just, I just like the beat because the Christian music is lame and they don't know how to do it. But, but, you know, back then it was the Tupac and Biggie and all. It's like, you you know, they just, it it just, it's just so, their beats are just so awesome. But, but it's like, no, 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 no. You're not going to listen to that. And tune out all of that and just listen to the beats and it'd be just the same as if you were listening to an instrumental album. It's getting in your spirit. Whether you think you're listening to or not, it's getting in there. And the next thing you know, certain phrases and things and ideas and philosophies start coming out of you and you don't even know where it came from. Well, it came because you were just listening to the beats. Yeah. You know? When the Greeks came and fought against Troy, the Trojans thought they had given up because they left a peace offering. But it wasn't just a peace offering. It was full of soldiers. And those soldiers opened the gates. And when the gates were open, the army came in and they burned the whole city down. That That is the trick of the enemy. It's like, yeah, you know, I on the way to work, I just I like to listen to some talk radio or I like to listen to to this kind of music on the radio or whatever. Yeah, why not turn on the Bible app and listen to a couple chapters of the word? How about replacing your commute time with the word of God instead of and say, "Well, it's harmless the thing." Well, maybe it is, but if anything, it it's a waste of time from focusing in on being careful. Okay, now let's get to this good stuff here. For then you will make your way prosperous. So it's important what you say. It's important what you think. It's important what you do. Then he says, you will make your way prosperous. Now, you got to understand something. This word prosperity or prosperous, it's selak in the Hebrew. And it doesn't mean material possession. You know, when we think of prosperity, we think of how big is the house, how nice is the car. And, you know, down here in South Florida, there's areas where there's just mansions and, and, and Ferraris and Lamborghinis and, and and Rolls Royce. And that's what we think of when we think of prosperity. That that's not what the word prosperity even means in the Bible. The word prosperity or to prosper in the Bible means to move forward or advance. So if your life goes from one place to another, you prospered. If you moved forward in your life, if your marriage is miserable or maybe mediocre and it gets good, guess what you did? You prospered in your marriage. If you go from being broke to having enough, you prospered. If you go from having enough to having more than enough, 
What'd you do? Prosper. If you go from feeling kind of blah and lack of energy to having some energy and stamina, guess what you did? Prosper. Any area you move forward in, guess what you did? You prosper. Now notice, notice the word. If we really read the word and just, just the word and focus in, notice he says here, then you will make your way prosperous. Make your way. Now, who's going to make you prosperous? You're going to make your way prosperous. Now here, here's the word effort. Prosperity follows effort. Not luck, not race, not socioeconomic background, effort. In fact, I want to read something to you. Prosperity comes from the word selak, is to do anything or any job as unto God, humbly, prayerfully, and in unity with him. So what are we putting effort to do? To involve God, to do it his way, to put forth effort, not just to, to do, you, you know, so many times we're sold this thing. We live in the most prosperous nation in the world. And I am so thankful for that. But we've got this whole thing of the American dream and the prosperity of God all confused. They're all mixed up together. And it's just, hey, get a job, get a house, Live the American dream. But you know what? God says, hey, the moment you stop putting forth effort to prosper, guess what's going to happen? Because it's followed. And then you will have good success. Until you begin to prosper, you can't have good success. Now I want to ask you a question. And this is so rich. I'm, I'm giving you like four T-bone steaks today and three slices of cheesecake and expecting you to eat it all in one sitting. Okay. Let's ask yourself this. Is the word departing from your mouth or always on your lips, is that something God does? Or is this something you do? You do it. Is meditating on the word something that God does or is it something you do? You got to do it. Is being careful to follow the word in every area of your life and not follow other influences or wrong voices. Is that something God does or is that something you do? Now, is making your way prosperous, is that God's thing or is that your thing? That's your thing. So, if you want to have good success, it's more about you doing things God's way than God doing something for you. Are you with me on that? So a lot of times, a lot of times people come to the church and, and they, they hear, I hate it that it's been labeled this, the prosperity gospel. And it says, if you'll just do these couple of things here, God is just going to do everything. He, he's just going to take care of it all for you. You ever heard that? You know, God's just, he, and, and it's like we're sitting around waiting to win the lottery or we're sitting around waiting on the genie to show up or what, whatever it is that whatever kind of, you know, beauty and the beast, the lad magic carpet ride, whatever it is that you, your idea of God, you're just sitting around and guess what happens? Inevitably, God doesn't come through. And then what do we do? The devil goes, see, God doesn't love you. Or there's something wrong with you. Or the worst one, there is no God. I tried that God thing. How many times have I heard, I tried that God thing. It didn't work for me. What, what, what are they saying? Did they do the things that we're talking about today and didn't have good success? No, they didn't. What they did was they came to church a couple of times, threw some change in the offering bucket, and their whole life didn't turn around and become amazing. And so they said, this God thing doesn't work. Jesus is not a self-help method. Jesus is a continual life transformation. That's what Jesus is. 
And, and so, it, you know, I see all these billboards for Grant Cardone, the 10X Growth Conference and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and I love personal growth and I'm all for personal development. I love all that. I, and, and that's all well and good. But but coming to church is not the same thing as going to Grant Cardone's 10X Growth Conference. Jesus never promised anybody that they would be rich, that they would be good looking, that they would drive a Ferrari, that they would live in a mansion, that they would have a, a chalet in the, the Rockies. He, he didn't promise any of that. He said that I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. What does that mean? That you would have life and that your life would always continue to prosper if you do what we're talking about today. It's a different way of thinking. Now, some people say, yeah, I get it, Joel. We need to read our Bible and then everything works out. No, you didn't hear me. That's not what I'm saying today. That, that's it. Now, that's a good place to start because you may come to these other conclusions yourself if you read your Bible. That's why I say the most important thing you can do is read your Bible. But you're going to have to speak the right words over your life. You're going to have to read the Bible, know the Bible, so you can even speak the right words. You're going to have to get your heart right. Why do you need to go on an encounter? So you can get your heart right because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if your heart's all full of bitterness and hurt and wounded, guess what? You're not going to say the right things. And the power of life and death is in the tongue. So that's, that's the whole thing right there. Your words, until your words start coming outright, then you got to meditate on the word of God day and night. You got to get it inside of you deeper and deeper and deeper to where it gets down in you and in every fiber where everything you see is is shaded by the word of God. Every situation, every person where, you know, in America, we America is a, a celebrity driven society. It, it, it's that means, you know, we have a celebrity in the White House now because everybody's about a celebrity. And the next couple of elections, they say, are all going to be about celebrity. It's not going to be about who's qualified. It's going to be about who's the biggest celebrity. Because we don't care what they really stand for. We just care how popular they are, who likes them, that, you know, do they see all these different aspects instead of saying, you know what? None of that matters. All that matters is the word of God. Who, who is the closest? Who lives their life the closest to the word of God? That's who I need to vote for. And it, they might not be anywhere near the ballpark, but they may be a heck of a lot closer than the other person. You know, th- everything I do is about this. When, when I was evaluating candidates in the last election, I didn't sit there and go, you know what? I like him. Or, you know what? I like her. No, I don't care who I like. I care who honors this book the most. And whoever honors this book the most is who I'm going to vote for. And people get all caught up in all kind of different things. Well, well, they're going to do a lot of good things for this group of people. I don't care who's going to do a lot of good things. I want to know who values and honors this book the most. And thank God we live in a country where this book at least still has some honor. And there's a lot of nations where it doesn't. And look how it works out for them. Not good. So there's good success. There's bad success. Now let me end with this. How do you know if it's good success or bad success? Let me give you that. That's his final thing. And then I'm done. I promise. Last closing. Last conclusion. Bad success, sometimes it's easier to know what's right by looking at what's wrong. Bad success is success that only helps you or actually negatively impacts others around you. It's all about others because at the end, everything in the kingdom, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. It's right here in this verse. The first things we were talking about, about your mouth, your words, meditating, your way, that's all about loving God. But then it ends up with loving your neighbor as yourself because good success always positively impacts others around you. Now, let's say I go out and make $15 million. What does the world say about me? They say, oh, he's successful. 
I buy myself a Ferrari. I buy myself a beach house in South Beach. And everybody says, hey, Joel is successful. No, 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 no. Because I'm not a father to my kids. They're all strung out and messed up. I've been married three times. My wives hate me. My ex-wives hate me. All these things. Now, I hope you understand I'm making the illustration. This is not literal. <laughs> My wife loves me. Just in case. You're new today and you don't know who I am or anything about me. Okay. This is an example. And, and what, about, what about people who work for me that I didn't pay them right? I didn't treat them right? I maybe fired people when it was convenient for me to make more money. So now, not only, not only am I not a good success, I have been a bad success because I've actually negatively impacted people around me in order for me to get that success. And what's, what, what's the opposite of that? The opposite of that is, and this is where it comes in, we got to stop thinking about Ferraris and South Beach and all these things and start thinking about if your life has been used to positively impact people around you, you have had good success. Some of the people I know who have had the most good success were never millionaires. They never drove an expensive car. They didn't have, in, they didn't have they didn't have a bunch of Instagram followers. They didn't have any of the measure of what the world measures as success, but they impacted so many people and they had the good success. And that's where I've seen like my grandfather, Roy Stockstill, my dad's dad. He's the man that model man was written about. Okay. He, he never made a hundred thousand dollars in a year. He, he never had a nice house. He never drove an expensive car. He wore suits from J.C. Penney sale rack. And guess what? He's a legend. He, effect, he affected. Last weekend, I was at a church in Bradenton, Florida, that came out of the church that my grandfather planted. This man who pastors that church was saved under my grandfather. He planted a church there 20 years ago. It has 10,000 people coming every weekend and six campuses. And it's all because of the good success that Roy Stockstill had. That's good success. And I thought, you know what? I'm his physical grandson. This church is his spiritual grandchild. That's the kind of good success that I want to have. That's the kind of good success you should want to have. You, you may never live up to the world's success. And, and if you do, praise God, as long as you did it the right way and you use it to impact others. I'm not against success one bit. I say, Lord, I'll take all the success you want to give me. But you know what? I'm not going to spend my life chasing after what the world calls success. I'm going to spend my life following this verse right here, speaking the word of God, meditating on the word of God, acting on the word of God, making my way prosperous, saying, Lord, I want every area of my life to get better and better and better. I don't care how good it is. I want it to be better. And then God says, now, I'm going to give you good success. And I want, you know what? You will not know if your life has really been a good success until your funeral. You won't. My, my grandfather, my other grandfather, my mom's dad was a minister as well. I come from three generations on my mom's side, four generations on my dad's side. I like to say, our family tree looks like a pulpit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any choice but to preach, really. And, but I remember he passed away three years ago. And at his funeral, it was one of the biggest funerals I've ever been at. And, and nobody saw this coming. There was a thousand pastors there. 
And I remember pastors that I didn't even know. Number one, there was pastors there that I didn't know, but there was a lot of pastors I knew that I didn't even know they knew my grandfather, but his ministry had so impacted their lives at some point. And it was like, I remember, I remember showing up to Bethany South for his funeral and just being like, Oh my, cause I expected there to be four or 500 people there, you know, a good sized crowd. And we we're going to say, I was not ready for what happened. There was one man, him and his wife are missionaries in Africa, in Nairobi, Kenya. They were in America. They flew to Nairobi, Kenya. When they got off the plane, they got the word that Brother Clark had passed away. And they turned around, did not even leave the airport, got on a plane and flew straight back to America at his funeral. That's good success right there. Because otherwise, they'd be like, oh, man, I'm so sad to hear that Brother Clark passed away. Let's send him some flowers. No, when you impact lives, truly impact them with good success, guess what? You'll know it. And that has been a powerful witness to me. I want to impress that upon you today. So how do we have good success? Get in this book. This week, I encourage you, read that chapter, read that verse, allow the Holy Spirit, write it in your journal, let him speak to you. And watch as the Holy Spirit begins to guide you because the power of life and death is yours. It's not, life is not something that happens to you. It's something, it's a series of decisions that you make and carry out. And that's what will determine how God is able to use you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you that today you're teaching us how to have good success. We thank you for this word. We thank you for this time. We thank you for the ability to worship you, come together unashamedly, speak your word boldly. I thank you, Lord, today that you are just going to take some of these words that I've spoken and and highlight them in the hearts of every person here in the way that they need to hear them. And Lord, I thank you that every member of 3W would have good success. They wouldn't be a failure. They wouldn't be mediocre. They wouldn't have bad success. They'd have good success. I just speak that over them today. I thank you for it, Lord.